0: So this next episode of Star Trek Mm -mm. has Kirk split into two halves.
1: Oh, no. Well, they can't afford that, surely. They haven't even got the budget to put a stab hole in a shirt. (laughs) They can't be splitting him in half lengthways. No, no. So it must be torso (laughs) and legs. A beaming accident, maybe? A sliding door mishap? This does not sound right.
0: No, he splits into a good half and an evil half.
1: Ah, right. Okay. Then here are my predictions. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of Gollum-type talking to himself in different voices, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a devil and an angel thing, maybe. Mm. The evil side will let loose and start perving over Rand.
0: Ooh.
1: They might have different hairstyles, so he has to brush it differently when he switches into the evil side.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: They'll battle over how to fly the ship and then McCoy will rip the shoulder off his <laughs> shirt because money seems to be no object for this, and inject him with the cure.
0: You really seem to be getting into the groove of the show because (laughs) a lot of those are very plausible. Oh, yeah? And at least one of your predictions is totally right. But it goes even further to a horrific effect.
1: Oh. Rachel watches Star Trek. I should make a good specimen. Temperature's starting to drop. Yeah. At night, it gets down to 120 degrees below zero. That's nippy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, Mr. Takei. You may think that that good specimen is my wonderful wife, Rachel Lackey, Mm -hmm. and you would be correct. Mm. But I'm just Chris Lackey, and you're listening to...
1: Rachel Watches Star Trek.
0: Where a lady in her 30s starts watching Star Trek for the first time. And so far, I personally am loving this. Uh, This episode is called The Enemy Within... And up front, there were some deeply disturbing things in this episode that I didn't remember as a youth. We'll get to that when it happens in the show. But Mm. the show starts off with the Enterprise doing a geological expedition on the planet Alpha 177.
1: The opening image is awesome. On the planet, we've got a wistful looking Mm Sulu holding a dog which is wearing a lion costume (laughs) with a unicorn horn (laughs) and antennae.
0: (laughs) the horn wasn't enough they had to go you know uh, we want to make sure this is an alien dog put some antennae <laughs> on them
1: the sulu and the guys the protective burkas are forgotten they yeah. can't even be bothered with jackets in no. this mission no they've learned zero from previous
0: <laughs> outings you don't know how correct you are or do you maybe you actually do know how correct you are oh, what? Uh, what do you mean they don't learn things at oh. all from episode does to episode. that go on oh yeah One of the techies, uh, this guy Fisher, falls and cuts his hand open. Mm. Um, He falls into this brownish orange ore powder, so it's all over his little outfit. They beam him up for treatment, but the ore messes with the transporter. That's the teleportation device that gets people up to the ship. It causes some slight problem, but it's quickly fixed, and they send Fisher out to be properly decontaminated.
1: Oh yeah, just bring him on board, have him interact with people, and then decontaminate (laughs) the uniform. (laughs) So then Captain Kirk beams back to the ship. He looks really weak and dizzy, and Scott has to guide him off the little stage and
0: out of the room. (laughs) It's a transporter room, it's not (laughs) a little stage.
1: That's the first time we've seen him looking so weak, I think, (laughs) and not quite in control. They mention they probably shouldn't leave the beaming room unattended, but they Mm do, and in pops another Kirk. Yeah. He's uplit and accompanied by sinister music. Uh Uh-oh.
0: I think there's some eyeliner as well, and (laughs) At this point, I turned to you and I said, which one do you think is the Evil Kirk? (laughs) (laughs) No subtlety at all. So Evil Kirk is lurking around the ship like a caged panther. People see him, but assume he's just Good Kirk doing some kind of comedy bit. (laughs) Like the time that he tried to talk Ren Faire talk all day. <laughs> and there's that one day where he wore his uniform backwards.
1: Wait, is the Renfair talk? Is that just someone pretending to be English?
0: Yeah, but like a really bad English accent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. And they say things like, m'lady. You know,
1: mm. a lot, you know? No
0: English person says "milady" now.
1: So he keeps suddenly whipping his head around to stare at things. And he's got no badge. So you know, they know it's him.
0: The no badge thing was totally a mistake. Oh. They... Uh, they... There was some contract thing where they have to get their costumes cleaned daily. The person that cleaned the costumes forgot to put the badge back on. Oh. And there's a couple times that happens in the show where the badge is on and then the badge is off. You would think there'd be some kind of continuity experts, but <laughs> I think it just really shows you how low budget this show really was.
1: Oh. I don't know. We're, we've been watching clips of the room lately, so it's looking pretty good <laughs> in comparison to that <laughs> continuity and all that. <laughs> so, Good Kirk heads to his glittery bed surrounded by artifacts in his room as he nicked those from aliens. Uh, Well, I
0: probably legitimately acquired them in some, some way.
1: What do you think the set designers are trying to say about him?
0: Well, I think maybe it shows that he appreciates uh, their cultures, their art and their histories. And he's a man of the galaxy. He's
1: one of those world travel attacks yeah. who pick up a bunch of artifacts. Yeah. And, it depends and, whether you've nicked them or if it's a replica that you've bought in a Taurus shop.
0: I'm thinking that he probably got them legitimately, being hmm. that he is a high ranking Starfleet officer and they've got pretty you know, high standards for that kind of thing. Now, Evil Kirk is off to sickbay uh, because he knows that uh, Dr. McCoy has hooch.
1: Yeah, so Evil Kirk growls sorry and brandy at McCoy, then grabs his neck when he doesn't give him any and takes it. He storms off, continuing to audition for the role of Richard the <laughs> Third.
0: <laughs> I would cast him. So not only is Evil Kirk evil, he is drunk. Mm. He is drunk Evil Kirk. Not a great combo. And now he's off to Yeoman Janice Rand's quarters and uh, she's the attractive blonde lady. that
1: Everyone's always perving over.
0: They're a on honor. And then I thought, I hope this doesn't get rapey. Mm.
1: We have a glimpse of Rand's room with abstract art on the walls. We haven't seen the rooms personalized before, have we?
0: I don't think so.
1: Hey, would you hate abstract art less if you knew aliens had made it?
0: (laughs) Are we in the Star Trek world? As Mm. in, there are aliens and alien cultures and things like that?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: We are in that. Because if we weren't, and you said, oh, look, we found alien artwork, I would be blown away. No matter how crappy it was. (laughs) But if we were if we were in the Star Trek world and there were Falcons and Klingons and all that stuff I would be equally unimpressed oh. and for the record I don't dislike all abstract art just stuff that looks like it was made in five minutes and thrown together by like a drunk child
1: hey it'd be really hard for a drunk child to do a proper circle
0: <laughs> well okay yeah there's the red circle on a white background that stuff is is ridiculous to me it's like <laughs> oh look I spent two minutes on this thing fifty thousand dollars please <laughs> two minutes it's ridiculous <laughs>
1: Uh, so we pop back to Kirk's room to see good Kirk having a shirtless stretch <laughs> with his towel. What's he been up to? <laughs> Spock's been sent to check on him.
0: I really liked the scene as uh, Kirk is shirtless for no reason, really, mm-hmm. and then Spock is, you know, really beating around the bush as well. He's mm-hmm. like, "So, how are you? Aww. Is there anything I can do for you?" And Kirk's going like, "What? Are you, what is your problem? Why are you asking me these things?" And he goes, "Well." McCoy said that you came in and roughed him up and stole his brandy. Oh. And then Kirk, this is good Kirk here, says, uh, yeah, I didn't do that. McCoy must be playing a joke on you. And then I thought, really? This is the kind of joking that goes on on this ship? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, Spock, the captain just smashed my head with a brick. You better go talk to him. <laughs> ha! I got Spock good with that one. Hilarious. <laughs> Yvonne Rang gets back to her quarters to find Evil Kirk waiting for her. Evil Kirk mentions that she's been hiding her feelings and claiming that she's too beautiful to ignore mm. and too much of a woman. And they've both been pretending too long. Now, again, this is probably legitimate. They, they seem to do have something going on with each mm. other. But, of course, their positions uh, make it impossible for them to have a relationship. Evil Kirk suddenly grabs Rand and starts kissing her really hard and mm. rough. And she resists a bit and things get super violent. So it gets full on rapey. Mm. Like, Evil Kirk tries to rape her. And I did not obviously remember this. And it is horrific.
1: I called it, didn't I? Yeah, you did. She manages to scratch his face with her nails and escape.
0: She gets to the door, opens it up, and then there's a, a crewman outside. And he comes in. To kind of see what the heck's going on. And then Evil Kirk decks him and then runs off. Mm. Now, I always thought of 1960s TV as being so sanitized, but they did some brutal stuff. Mm. And we're only like five episodes into this new sci-fi show. And the male lead is attempting to rape someone. Yeah. And I know it's an evil version hmm. of them, but that is, that is some dark stuff. Yeah. So in Sick Bay, Rand is being questioned by McCoy and Goodkirk. And uh, Kirk, Kirk is like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. This did not happen because obviously it wasn't him. It was evil Kirk. And he even points at his face and says, look, no scratches. Uh, but Rand and the crewmen were like, no, it was definitely you. We saw mm. him. So finally, Spock deduces there's an imposter on board.
1: Poor Rand having to face her attacker, who's also her boss. She's cowering, seems really young and small in this scene. Yeah. She says, you were hurting me. He said, it wasn't me. And she didn't want to get him into trouble and said she wouldn't have oh. mentioned it. It was quite chilling, really.
0: Heart- heartbreaking.
1: Her loyalty to him, her subservience and her need to protect him, taking precedence over her human rights. She's socialized as a woman to protect men despite being violated. It happens too often still.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. This is something about Rand's character as well. Like, I think they write her as sort of a 1960s woman, mm-hmm. whereas Ahura, I feel, is really empowered. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't see this happening with her. I feel like she would have just totally kicked his ass.
1: I think a lot of women freeze during a sexual assault, empowered or not.
0: Yeah. Obviously, she didn't expect anything like this to happen.
1: Yeah, and she didn't even freeze, did she? She tried to fight back. She didn't. Whether Ahura would have been any stronger than her, I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: And essentially, she did get herself out of the situation. She did. <laughs>
0: Scotty calls the crew to the transporter room and shows them a new development. They beamed up that little dog with a horn and antenna, and a few minutes later, the transporter made another one. The second one is all mean and aggressive, and the first one is all lethargic. Hmm. He thinks it's the ore, which had some kind of magnetic properties that screwed up the transporter system, so they can't beam the rest of the crew up.
1: So wait, there are no other ways to get them back to the ship. What would the equivalent be in our world of that? Well...
0: i can't think of anything
1: would it it be maybe just going to the bottom of the sea and then you couldn't get back there's no land
0: equivalent i don't think unless it's everest yeah i guess yeah but here's the thing is that they have shuttlecrafts and that's Mm. something that wasn't developed when they first wrote this show but later in this season they're gonna have shuttlecrafts all right so
1: well that's at least they learned something (laughs) flipping (laughs) long time coming Yeah. They got this flipping ship that can't even land to pick somebody up. Yeah. What's going on with that?
0: <laughs> well, I guess the transporters are usually very reliable. Hmm. Well, you would think, but as we'll soon see from watching the show, they are not very <laughs> reliable. Sure
1: Meanwhile, Sulu and friends are stranded on a planet which reaches minus 120 degrees at night. Yeah. They're wearing these lightweight karate uniforms. <laughs> Kirk and Spock understand that they will die.
0: Yeah. Good Kirk is also having a real hard time making decisions. He's all of a sudden become really wishy-washy.
1: Hmm. And Spock asserts that as an effective captain, Kirk has got to be nothing less than perfect. The crew can't see him as vulnerable. This ups the stakes, I think. It really resonated with me. Oh, yeah? Working in a school... I see the importance of having a strong pack leader, a decisive, confident person who's able to assert dominance over the dominant kids so Mm. that they don't overpower the scared ones. I think the leader's approval and disapproval are really potent because of these qualities. Yeah. But this type of leader can be compassionate and flexible too when they feel secure enough, Yeah. I think. What do you think about that? Any thoughts about that and being a parent?
0: (sighs) Well, you have to act like you know what you're doing, Mm. even if you don't. But, of course, not blindly so. Mm-hmm. So if I don't know something, that's not a problem. It's a challenge, and I have to figure out a solution. And I think it's okay for kids and, and people that are uh, under you, if you're in a leadership position, to see you not knowing something, but then being decisive about not knowing something. So mm-hmm. if there's a problem, it's like, okay, we don't, we don't have the answer yet, but we're going to figure it out.
1: Yeah, or making a mistake, but apologizing for that, like Kirk has done before in yeah, the exactly. series. exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's really demonstrating himself to be a, a good leader in that mm-hmm. way. I think it's important just to be that way as a person, period. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a leader. But people who are confident but not intelligent enough to know their limitations are a problem. Mm. Not unlike Tommy Wiseau of The Room <laughs> fame. Somebody that thinks they know everything and they really don't know anything. Oh. And therein lies the problem.
1: And the magic. And the ma- <laughs> So in Kirk, we've got this charismatic leader of a highly unsuccessful organization. <laughs> I can picture the sign saying X days since our last fatality and some guy climbing up a ladder to Hannah zero on the board over and
0: over again. The good Kirk, with Spock's help, orders security to try and capture evil Kirk, uh, recognizable uh, due to the scratches on his cheek, but not to harm him.
1: Then Evil Kirk hears this announcement and shouts, I'm Captain Kirk! The imposter is not to be injured. Use minimum force. Repeat, the imposter is not to be injured. I'm Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk! I'm Captain Kirk! Kirk. (laughs) He's wearing more eyeliner now. (laughs) Evil Kirk also finds makeup to mask his injury.
0: Yeah. Now, why does Kirk have foundation in his quarters? <laughs> Do people in Starfleet still wear makeup? I mean, and the men? Like, is that just part of the uniform? Is you've got to wear some makeup? <laughs>
1: yeah, hey, why not?
0: Well, I guess so. I mean, he just has a tub <laughs> of foundation he sitting might- on his dresser.
1: He might have some tats he needs to cover up. <laughs> he might have some neck tats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, golly. So Evil Kirk commandeers a phaser from a security guard and then he punches him out and he goes off and hides in engineering, maybe making a plan to take over the ship. I don't know exactly. Mm -hmm. The good Kirk considers what his evil self would do. His 3D
1: chest coming in handy for the strategizing. There
0: you go. And he thinks, well, I would go to engineering.
1: So then there's a bit of a fight before Spock takes Evil Kirk down with the Darth Vader maneuver.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) You know. He does a Vulcan nerve pinch on him. How how is that a Darth Vader maneuver? It
1: involves the hand kind of grasping.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so anything that involves a hand grasping is a Darth Vader maneuver? I'm just trying to get this all clear here.
1: (laughs) Um, I haven't really seen either of these shows much, have I?
0: Yeah, when Darth Vader does his maneuver. He doesn't
1: even touch them. He
0: doesn't touch them. Mm. He's using the force. So that's a whole different ball of wax. Anyway, (laughs) after capturing evil Kirk, Spock notices that they're both not doing very well. They seem to be dying. So the stakes get up some more. Uh, Guys on the planet are dying. Kirk's are dying.
1: It's so pitiful looking back at Zulu and friends. They're huddling under a parachute, yeah. joking that they're calling room service to lower down a pot of coffee or some sake.
0: Yeah. He says, Can you lower it down on a rope? <laughs> it's like, Oh, Zulu's oh. got a sense of humor still, even oh. though he's dying slowly. They try to beam down equipment, uh, but it makes an evil heater and a good <laughs> heater, and neither of them work. Oh, no. So. When the equipment malfunctions because of this <laughs> transporter, I realized how totally stupid this idea is. From a technical standpoint, how could a computer make two totally functioning human beings mm. with only slight neurological variations?
1: Yeah, if it's about just reconstructing their own matter, yeah. how, where are you getting the rest of the matter from as yeah, well?
0: Exactly Exactly. So how does that accidentally happen? And what atoms are not being put in the right place to make them mostly work mm. but then not work just quite right? And I know it's sci-fi and you have to suspend disbelief, but when the equipment wouldn't work, that just for me was like, come on, there, it's, that equipment is so much simpler than a human being. And <laughs> that doesn't function at all.
1: Eh. Yeah, that lose you a bit? It did. And also, why can't they put a rope down with some coffee or get Sulu back up on a rope? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a long enough rope.
0: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: oh, well. I tried. <laughs> you try. So Spock describes the two Kirks. There's hostility, lust, and violence versus compassion, love, and tenderness. He says to be an exceptional, strong leader, he needs his evil side properly controlled. It reminded me of uh, this American Life episode on testosterone that was re aired recently. Mm -hmm. It talked about a guy whose testosterone depleted due to a medical condition. He said he became less able to make decisions or to have opinions. And then the team making the show got their testosterone levels checked. And the most assertive, decisive woman had the highest testosterone among the girls. Reminding mm. me somehow of that hormone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Was this a double blind test? It, oh, it was
1: just anecdotally. Who do you think will come? Yeah. they just ranked each other. That's it was just out of yeah. interest for them. That's
0: that's what I'm saying. It yeah. seems very it's not anecdotal. proving anything.
1: It's the whole thing is me giving you an anecdote. Oh, I mean, it's not science. <laughs> <laughs> it's just reminded me. Yeah. In sick bay, Evil kirk wakes up screaming. He's dying. Kirk asks, "How can I survive without him?" He comforts him, holding his hand, saying. Hold on, I won't let go. Wow, my mind was getting a little bit blown at this point point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then evil Kirk dies, or so I thought
0: yeah, he didn't need it and die. <laughs> 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 he just sort of passed that a little bit oh, did he? I didn't know that you actually thought he died, yeah. but yeah. there is this strange tenderness between the two Kirks yeah, and it's very physical as well The t- t- like they they touch each other a lot mm. and I I gotta say it did make me think about Kirk/ slash Kirk fiction mm. which I'm sure there is plenty. Oh is there? I haven't looked (laughs) i will
1: (laughs) so mccoy says let's have a brandy so what's the alcohol situation in this world is it saurian brandy or nothing (laughs) is there just one bottle between them on the ship Uh. and who are these saurians and why have they been able to beat off all the competition like some space mobsters
0: (laughs) well um the saurians are these gray purple lizard people and <laughs> they actually only appeared in the first star trek movie uh, like in the background they're mm-hmm. we're not they're not even really a featured alien uh, but they have lots of other alcoholic beverages later in the star trek series uh there's klingon blood wine Romulan no. ale and of course Warp Core Breach Cocktail. Ooh, uh, sounds a
1: bit dangerous.
0: Yeah, and exciting. Uh, mm. But I, I think that they can synthesize. They have like synthahol is what they call it, which mm. is synthesized alcohol. Mm. And I'm not sure whether or not that actually gets you drunk or or not.
1: It mm. must, though.
0: Anyway, yes, there is all types of alcoholic beverages in Star Trek. Just for some reason, Saurian Brandy is very popular. Oh. Uh, Spock and Scotty attempt to use power from the ship's impulse drive to reverse the transporter on the horn dog with antenna. <laughs> horn uh, dog. <laughs> perhaps you noticed that Scotty, James Doohan, the actor, is missing his middle right finger. Oh, no. Yeah, it's just a real quick shot, and they do a pretty good job of hiding it. But it turns out, I, I did a little research on this, that he got his finger shot off on the beach at Normandy Ooh. on D Day. Whoa. Freaking Scotty was a- wanting D Day. Wow. Ooh, he Lost got off, his... he,
1: I guess he got off pretty lightly then if, it, if the bullet got that close, well, hit him.
0: Yeah, well, it took his finger yeah. off. Yeah. Jeez. They sedate the evil dog and they put them together on the transporter.
1: Two dogs enter, one dead dog comes out. Yeah.
0: And finally, McCoy gets to say his iconic line. He's dead, Jim. Scott and Spock are back to try and figure out, you know, what the heck went wrong and see if they can actually fix the system. Because, of course, all those dudes are down there dying.
1: Mm-hmm. McCoy says to Spock, for once, I agree with you. That's some shade.
0: (laughs) It is. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. Spock's right almost all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Shut your mouth.
1: (laughs) Kirk's willing to risk his life on a theory so that Sulu and friends can be saved. Poor Sulu's down there with his frosty facial hair. No time. Can't wait. Reminding us that the stakes are high and urgent. Yes.
0: So for some stupid reason, they leave the Kirks alone together. Mm. And Evil Kirk tricks Good Kirk into letting him go. (laughs) They fight. Evil Kirk wins, taking Good Kirk's green tunic oh
1: the little wrap over top i love it
0: yes uh, Though in the earlier episodes this green tunic shirt shows up it was actually made for this one first because this was shot before before the others were shown oh it was yes they specifically made the green tunic for this episode so the audience could tell evil kirk from good kirk
1: uh-huh.
0: uh once on the bridge he orders the helmsman to leave orbit and forget about the landing party oh good kirk and mccoy show up
1: no one knows which kirk is which For about two seconds before (laughs) Evil Kirk starts grabbing people and yelling, It's my ship! (laughs) He doesn't have the cunning and charm of a true evil person.
0: Oh, Yeah, Evil Kirk and Good Kirk have a kind of standoff. But Good Kirk says to Evil Kirk, We need each other. And then Evil Kirk keeps saying that he only wants to live. And Good Kirk gently reassures him. And it's kind of weird, you know? Scotty says it's time to give it a whirl. And they go to the transporter room.
1: Kirk hugs Evil Kirk. So he's got evil Kirk with his back towards, played by another actor yeah. and holds him on the little stage. It's really tender, kind of sexy. Yeah. So much Kirk on Kirk.
0: So much Kirk on Kirk. Yeah. I liked
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they beam away and, and then back into one person.
1: Hooray, he's back and immediately decides, get those men aboard fast. Sulu and friends are brought back
0: safely. Uh, back on the bridge... You know, Spock says something really creepy to Rand hmm. and he goes, the imposter had some very interesting qualities, wouldn't you say, Yeoman? Hmm. Which is like... I didn't catch that. Yeah. It was kind of like she was into Rapey Kirk. Oh. Like that that's the implication. Hmm. And, um, you know, the actress that plays her, Grace Lee Whitney, she wrote in her autobiography that uh, I can't imagine any more cruel and insensitive comment a man or Vulcan could make to a woman who has just been through a sexual assault. Mm. But then some men really do think that women want to be raped. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was really inappropriate. And Richard mm. Matheson, who wrote the episode, he didn't put that in there. That was something Roddenberry wrote in. Mm. And Matheson didn't like that line as well. And Richard Matheson is awesome. But the episode concludes with this. section sections report ready, sir. Good.
1: Thank you, Mr. Spock, from both of us. Shall I pass that on to the crew, sir? The imposter's back where he belongs. Let's forget him. Captain? The imposter told me what happened. Oh? Who he really was. And I'd just like to say that... Well, sir, what I'd like to say is that... Thank you, Yolanda. Rand wanted to tell Kirk something there, that evil Kirk said who he really was and she'd like to say what I'd like to say is and they just cut her off. What was that? What do you think? I didn't understand why they cut her off when she was clearly trying to say something that was important to her.
0: Yeah. The impression I got is that he was kind of ashamed and embarrassed and just didn't want to talk about it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's rough on her though. She still went through it and he's got the same face as the person who did it.
0: And who does he have the memories of both of them?
1: Mm. Does now
0: does he remember doing what Evil Kirk did?
1: Yeah. And are those impulses in him? And have they always been?
0: Yeah. So it's it's some pretty heavy dark stuff in this yeah. particular episode. As I said earlier, this episode was written by Richard Matheson, but it was directed by Leo Penn. Funny enough, Leo Penn? Sean Penn's dad. Oh. So ratings, what do you give this episode?
1: I gave it seven four ideas, mm-hmm. musing on what it takes to be an effective leader and how we manage our different selves and how they complement each other, interested me. Sure, yeah. Um, how the compassionate but ineffectual Kirk was almost as dangerous as the psychopathic one.
0: Yeah, yeah that was, it was some cool stuff. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was a little clunky from a sci-fi perspective, so I gave it a six.
1: Hmm. Clunky?
0: Yeah, there was just some sci-fi I, you know i told you about the the mm. transporter
1: the yeah. plausibility
0: of that and it just it, it stretched it it made the ideas a little less plausible which is not as good but mm. I, I like the exploring the two sides of of a, of a human being that was good uh, what about entertainment value
1: i gave it five for entertainment quite a lot of this was the unintentionally entertaining aspect yes. with shatner's passionate portrayal of evil k it's what our listener Rafe calls scenery chewing in one of his comments on the website, I think. You can see the teeth marks in the set. I see what you mean now, Rafe.
0: He is way over the top. I mean, I just I wonder if uh, if Leo Penn was like, you know,
1: more intensity, more intensity,
0: more emotions. It sounds like a Tommy Wiseau direction, actually. I also gave it a five. It is about what I expect from Star Trek. No more, no less.
1: Hmm. Sexiness, I've given it a two. Maybe maybe a little bit more for the Kirk on Kirk, but it's minus because of the rape. Yeah,
0: the attempted rape uh, just made me sad. But but you're right. The Kirk on Kirk stuff was very provocative. So it takes it from a zero to a two. Mm. So the next episode we have is called Muds Women. Oh, And. uh,
1: Mm, I think we might be back on an alien planet.
0: Maybe we're going to find out next week. Rachel, I just want to say I really enjoy watching star trek with you and you make it so much fun and it's really enjoyable to watch it with somebody that has very fresh eyes and an outside perspective
1: oh thank you i i I mean i don't think you need any additional enjoyment from star trek than you've already been getting for (laughs) for decades you'll watch it gladly at any moment you possibly can it's true but Uh, i am enjoying um getting to know what this strange world involves and feeling a little bit fond for it despite the kind of cognitive dissonance of i am watching star trek and kind of enjoying it which goes against everything i've ever known
0: well with that i'm chris lackey
1: and i'm rachel lackey
0: and you've been watching
1: rachel watches star
0: trek
1: is Star Trek!